Can you all pray with me? Father, thank you for using us. God, we're just broken jars of clay carrying living water. Father, I just ask that you would give us the ears to hear and that Lord, that you would just make our blind eyes see tonight what you are calling us to do and what you're telling us in your word. Help us to see your love in your word tonight, God, because every word in here points back to your love. A 66-book love letter is what you wrote to us, and I pray, God, we would see it in light of your love. We would see it in light of your plan. We would see it in light of of how you care about every detail of our lives as you tell us in Psalm 37. Lord, I just pray that every heart in here, God, would be receptive to your word. God, that every heart who is opposed to you and to what you have to say, God, maybe anger or bitterness, Lord, I just pray, God, that their hearts would be softened and that you would replace their heart of stone with a heart of flesh. God, for, for the one, God, who, who has no idea that they are not following you, yet they claim to know you. They claim to know the creator of the universe who loved us so much that he would die for us. God, their life shows no evidence of that. And their tree, they call it a good tree, but God, it has bad fruit. God, I pray that you would wake them up tonight. God, either wake them up or send them out. Do one of the two. God, so that we can continue to flourish so that, God, no one may hold us back from doing your will. God, that we would not be influenced by the things of this world, but God would be influenced by your word. Father, I pray those things, and I expect them fully, because we're asking in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, we're continuing in our series uh, called Life, and uh, what I was telling y'all was, I heard this guy named Robbie Zacharias he was talking about his main thing, his whole ministry is based off of answering questions. So if you have like extremely deep life questions, go on YouTube and type in this dude's name. Because, I mean, it's just amazing the things that God speaks through him. And, and it's just amazing how, how he thinks and how deep he goes into just the smallest things. And, and one of the things he said today was it's amazing how God can take the sublime things, the, the things that are just over our heads and make them simple and take the simple and make them look sublime, make them look just, wow, extraordinary. Something so small that just brings out details in it that we've never seen. And, that, and Robbie Zacharias does a great job of doing that. What he said about the meaning of life is this. Is when you ask questions about life, there's four questions you have to ask. There's four questions that, that life entails. The question about what is life, it entails four different questions. And that's origin where you came from, your meaning, so why am I here, morality, what do I do here, and destiny, where do I go after here? And so answering those questions, without even knowing it, I started this series, and we started out with our origin, and I heard that, and I was like, man, that's so cool. We can continue on in what he was talking about, and last week we talked about meaning, and we didn't answer the question of why we're here. I'm just, we answered the question of there is a why to why you're here. 
There is a why. There is a purpose. And I just wanted to point that out. I wanted to spend a whole message on that just saying there is a why. There is a purpose to you being here. I don't care what that is. I'm just telling you there is a purpose. And so I just want to answer that question last time. We're kind of drawing that out. So this time we're, we're going to answer the question to the best of my ability why we are here. And I understand we're t- tackling a very tough question right now of why are we here? What is the purpose of my life? I understand we're answering a, a tough question, and I understand I'm, I'm highly unqualified to answer this question, but I know that God's Word is able. I know that we can go to God's Word, and that's what we said we were going to do. When we first got here, we said, hey, when we got, when came into this, we said, hey, we're all going to do this together. None of us really know 100% what life is all about. When none of us, we're, we're going to go on this quest together and we're going to figure it out together. And that's what we said. So we're on this journey together. And what do we say? We're going to go to God's word. We're going to go to where we are created from. And we talked about the first week how we were created and how God gave us two choices. One was to eat of the tree of life or to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, do not eat of this tree because if you do, you will die. And so we had the option. Do we trust his word, which is... Jesus ultimately, or do we trust in our own ways and what we want to do in our own desires and our own pleasure that we want to seek? And we're going to go after this. And we saw that ultimately our, our definition of life was skewed. It just ultimately just went out the window. We, we, tried to, we knew what life was in the beginning because God was literally walking with them in the garden. They knew what life was. They knew what the source of life was. They knew that they were created to glorify God. And so then all of a sudden they ate of the tree and their definition of life was gone. So they had to redefine it by doing something. They had to do it like with success or religion or living your life through your children or through trying to find a spouse or something like that or career. We try to redefine our life by even being good at something like a talent. And we we realize that in each area, those things, they, they all fall short of telling us what our life is all about. They all fall short. They all have a loophole. They don't answer the ultimate question. They just give us something to fill our time. And then we talked about why we're here. Like, there is a why to, to the reason you're here. And we looked at Psalm 139, how you were created. God knitted you in your mother's womb. And he knew every single moment of your life before it even happened. And so th- that tells me, we take a, a big step back and we look at what he's trying to tell us, we see that there is a reason why we're here. If he took enough time... For one person to say, I knew you were going to be here before you were even here, and I care so much about you that I saw you in your mother's womb, I watched you as you grew in utter seclusion, and I knew every moment of your life before it even happened, there is a reason why you're here. And your days matter. What you do matters. And we looked at the smallest example of that, which is DNA. The, the very thing that makes up everything that we are is four letters in that, single, in that alphabet, and it creates a, this large book of who you are. And it's amazingly complex, so complex that nobody on earth can even understand it. We haven't even gone through what, what our, our whole DNA is. They say we've sequenced the human genome. We've only looked at a portion of, not even a third, not even a sixteenth, a very small portion of us have we examined? And we still don't know. And the more we examine it, the more we're like, wow. Just one cell. And we're like, wow, the human body is amazing. This whole thing is complex. So tonight, we're going to talk about why are we here? Why are we here? And the first passage that came to mind when I was thinking about our purpose to living 
was this. It was in John chapter 3 when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And, and we all kind of know the story how it ends up, you know, in John 3.16. But at the very beginning, he's talking to Nicodemus, which is the religious leader of that day. And he says that to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Okay? So that's kind of weird. Nicodemus didn't understand it either. If I was the first time hearing it, I would not have understood it. I would have tried, but there would have been no way I could have. But in hindsight, we kind of see what he's talking about. And what he's talking about is that human life, this is Jesus' words, human life gives birth to human life, right? But spiritual life gives birth to spiritual life. See, that separates the two. But here's the thing. To know your true purpose, you can't just be human life, right? You have to have the spiritual life too. You have to be born again. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit enters inside of you, and now God gives you a gift of doing certain things well. We see in Romans chapter 12. God, and through God's grace, he's given you a gift. He's given you abilities to do certain things well. And we're going to turn there just to kind of look at a quick glance of what that, what that looks like. In Romans chapter 12, uh, in verse six, starting in verse 6, it says, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And so what I want us to point out from there is that just because you have an ability doesn't mean you have a spiritual gift. Okay, because I, I know some school teachers whose spiritual gift is not teaching, right? I, I, I know some, some people who are really encouraging, but that's not their spiritual gift. Like there, There's some people that are they're out there who are encouraging before they got saved, but that's not what you would call a spiritual gift. That's what you would call an a encouraging person, right? So there's a spiritual gift and there's an ability, but your spiritual gift is something. See, I didn't have the spiritual gift of speaking. I'm not really sure how good my spiritual gift of speaking is anyway, but I did not have the gift of speaking before I became saved because I had no desire to get up on a stage and talk in front of people. But now all of a sudden, it's like my life revolves around this. It's all of a sudden like I am not fulfilling my purpose. I am not doing what I know God has called me to do, and I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. I'm not I'm not in God's word when I'm not doing what I know God has called me to do. And he tells us to do some other things like, don't just pretend to love others, really do it. Like, that's a thing, you know, people sometimes pretend to love others. I don't like you, but I love you. That's like pretending to love others. When you really love somebody, you look past the differences, and it transcends social boundaries like your socioeconomic status and how big your house is and what kind of car you drive. It goes all through that, and especially race. There is no different races. There's one race. It's called the human race. And so we love everybody no matter what, and that's a gift that God gives us because what? He loves everybody. So now we have that gift inside of us, and he tells us what to do, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay, so as Christians, and I would say that pretty much everybody in this room knows what to do, right? We know what to do. We talk about it all the time. You see, even people who aren't Christians know what Christians do, and they do it, and they're still not Christians, but they still do it. You know, they they pray, or they may come to church, and they may do this, or they may do that. They may go serve every once in a while, right? We know what to do, but why are we here? Do we ever just stop and think, why are we here? Not just what we do, but we have to figure out why we're here first before we go out and do what we're supposed to do. 
It's the, the why has to be answered first. So I want to take a 30,000-foot view, as, as Kenny says. I want to take a 30,000-foot view and talk about one reason why we're here first. And it's going to be backing up in chapter 11 of Romans. And this is real quick, but I don't want us to miss this, okay? We're going to get deeper than this, but I don't want us to miss this very important part. In Romans chapter 11, verses, uh, verse 36, this is what it says. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. All things exist because of him and by his power and is intended for what? His glory. I don't know how much more plain our purpose could get. We are intended for his glory. What does that mean? In simple terms, it means just lifting him up, making him known. He is beautiful. Let him be seen. Let your life glorify him in some way. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever it is, do it for the glory of God. Because why? That's our purpose. That's our general. Everybody in here, everybody ever created was created for God's glory, for that specific purpose, that general purpose, actually. I don't want us to miss that because you, you think about it. Just think about it, okay? He is our creator. He is our creator. He created us, every individual, okay? What else would we live for? Okay, the highest possible thing you can live for other than God is yourself. And please tell me, when you live for yourself, are you happy or are you miserable? Are you empty or are you satisfied? Do you, do you get satisfied or do you just want more and more? Or do you ask more questions or do you get more answers when you live for yourself? You ask more questions, right? So please tell me. Why else would we be created? What else could be our purpose besides to live for him and for his glory, to lift him up, our creator? I know that sounds like, I don't know how to do that. Well, here, that's why we're going to the next step, okay? So Romans chapter 12, it's the very next verse, literally, the very next little paragraph. This is what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. So number one, what's it say we should do? If we're trying to find our purpose, what should we do? Paul says, brothers and sisters, okay, family. That's what we are, right? We are family. And when somebody is pleading with you and they, you know that they love you, what do you know about that? That they're asking you to do something that's for your good. When they are pleading with you like, brother, sister, please do this. And this is kind of in a sense of him counseling his brothers and sisters in Rome. And he's like, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you to please just give yourself, give your body to God. And I know this sounds like, okay, this is a sacrifice. Like this is, this is really hard to do. 
Okay, I give you that. It is hard to do. It's hard to just say, my body, no longer mine. God, it's yours. Because we're selfish in nature, right? But look at it this way, okay? I don't want to look at it from a pessimistic point of view. I want to look at it from an optimistic point of view. I want to, I want to look at it through an encouraging lens because this is the thing. Before I got up here, one of my brothers, part of my family, my brother in Christ, prayed for me. And this is what he said. He was praying that God would give me the words and that God would use me. And we were talking about in the prayer, he was mentioning how Billy Graham, how God, please use me in just one millionth of a way that you used him. To be honest, I've never heard him speak. To be honest, I have no idea what he's done in this life. I know that a lot of you do, but I know that somehow he did a great thing because if you had just used me in that way, it's like my brother is begging God to use me, to use him. He's like, use me, use me, use him, use Keith tonight as he preaches. Speak through him, give him the words. And this is what I know. Through that, and I was just like, I know, I was trying to figure this out. I'm just like, God, why is this like in here? This is step number one. Why is this in here? This is why. Because it is a privilege to give your body to God. It is a privilege This is not God telling you to give him your life with, you know, begrudgingly. It's like, hey, I'm trying to tell you this. You can give me your body. You can give me your life, and I will use it. You think about this. Okay, would you rather just be some random person in some kingdom, or would you rather be the king's servant? It's like, you know, not the one, like, not the cupbearer, okay? Like, I'm not talking about a cupbearer because then you have to drink the poison and all that kind of stuff. But for the, you know, no loopholes, okay, guys? Don't be trying to pick apart what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. It's like you feel privileged when the king is using you for a good deed, right? It's like, hey, man, come over here. Why don't you ride my stallion down the streets and go get me a cup of water? And you're like, yeah, that's right. King's using me. What's up? I'm on a stallion. I'm riding that thing through the city like a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going through that thing galloping. You better be making some noise, horse, because I'm coming through for the king. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing. And I'm excited about it because the king's using me. Me and the king are tight. And now we're like bros. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when he dies, possibly I might take the throne or something like that. But, like, you get what I'm saying. You see, you get my example. All I'm saying is it's a privilege when you are used by God. And there's so many of us, okay? Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. There's so many of us who call ourselves Christians, okay? We claim it. We claim the name. We come to church. But our bodies are still ours. What does it look like for you to give your body to God? Here's, here's what it is. Kenny uses this all the time. You give God a blank check, and you allow him to write anything in that blank. Oh, God. You want me to go to Africa? Please. Like, yes, I want to be used by you. God, you want me to go to the inner city and and do this? Yes, God, please, I want to be used by you. Oh, Lord, you want me to sacrifice myself on a daily basis? You mean to die to myself and love my wife regardless of what kind of bitterness is in my heart for some other reason besides her? Yeah, God, please help me to do that. God, you want me to love others more than I love myself? Yes, God, please help me do that. 
That's what giving your body up is saying, God, you do whatever you want with me. You know what you're doing when you're doing that? At the very core of it, you're giving him your life. You're trusting him with your life. That's where peace comes from. If you're a Christian and you don't have peace, it's because you have not given yourself to him. It's because you have not given your whole plan to him. You're not trusting him with your plans. Instead of doing like Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, it's to worry about today because today has enough worries on its own and you must seek first the kingdom of God and he will provide everything for you. Instead of doing that, we're looking 5 and 10 and 15 years ahead about what am I supposed to do about this? And we start making you know, plans on our own and all of a sudden we're not trusting God. Give yourself to him. Give yourself to him. That's step number one. That is, to, become, to be a Christian, that is step number one. That is a must. You cannot be a Christian without this. This is a qualifier. This is, you have, to give him yourself, that is number one. Okay? Plain and simple. Plain and simple. There is no other way around it. And I'll have to leave it at that because you don't want to overexplain it. Okay. So, be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. If you want to worship him, do that. Tonight, some of you may even consider not singing a single word of the song after this. Why? Because this is not worship. This is not the definition of worship. Is it a part of worship? Yes. But this is not the definition of worship. And you cannot worship this way without worshiping this way that we just talked about. You cannot. It is 1,000% impossible. You wonder why worship is empty? Give yourself to him. So instead of saying a single word, I plead with you. I'm begging you. Before you sing another word of worship in your life, give him yourself. Give yourself to him. That's how you'll worship tonight. If you just trust what he says, trust his word. It goes on to say, listen to me, listen to this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You see, if the world had a copyright on itself, a lot of us in here would be in some serious trouble. Did you hear that? If the world had a copyright on itself, we'd be in some serious trouble with some lawyers right now, okay? Because a lot of us copy exactly what we see. If, if you're at work and, and somebody tells a joke, and you take that same joke and go tell somebody else, and that person who said it before you who originated the joke, he hears, hey, man, why are you copying me? It's like, well, I didn't. I changed it up a little bit. You know, like, I mean, I didn't say exactly what you said. You think, I, I know that, the reason I started out with that is because I know some of us jumped to that conclusion. Well, I don't look exactly like the world. Yeah, but you told the, pretty much the same joke. That was my joke. You picking up what I'm putting down? You know what I'm saying? Today I was at work and I told a joke. And it was exactly what my friend said. And I was like, uh, you know, that's why I said it around you, man, because I wanted you to get the credit. You know, I knew you was going, I knew you was feeling me, bro. Like, I knew you was on my level, and I just wanted somebody else to laugh at it. You know what I'm saying? So that, but I didn't say it exactly like him, right? Well, I don't look exactly like the world. You're still copying the world. 
When you copy the behavior and the customs of this world, you're copying what they do, what they live for. And this is kind of an illustration of, of the, he's kind of talking to Christians right here. Whether they're true Christians or not, I have no idea. But he's kind of talking to, to Christians right here, and he's saying, what's on the inside of you doesn't match what's on the outside. It's a mask, masquerade. You're just, you're just copying some behavior, and it doesn't match what's on the inside. I think it can kind of go both ways, whether you're a Christian or not, because you're going to be copying the behaviors of this world, and on the inside you're dying, yet your, your face isn't going to show it. What, what you do isn't going to show it. You're just going to be copying what you see. And there's a lot of us in here that copy this world. And this is so serious, guys, I don't think you understand. I, I can't really explain how serious this is. You think about every area of your life, and I'm not going legalism here, I'm going realist. Like, I'm, I'm talking about the real issues that we, that we face every single day, what we put into our brains, what we watch on TV, what we, what we listen to, how, how much time we spend on social media, who we follow on social media, who we, who we make an idol in our life and say, I want to be like them. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. I mean, it's separation between races, like, you know, I mean, it's, okay, this is about to get real. So, like, if, if, if you, like, see someone who is dating, you know, a black and a white person, what goes to your mind? You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's really crazy, you know, like, are they black or are they white? Why the heck does it matter? Why do we ask that? You're copying the behavior of this world. There's one race. Do you hear me? There's one race. And there's so many more issues than that that we copy, we copy, and we copy, and we copy, and we copy after this world. You want to know what to do in this life? Don't look to what's popular. Don't look to what's being done. Don't look there. Because, you know, it's going to fail. God's Word says don't copy the behaviors of this world. If you know that you're copying a behavior of this world, understand this, that you're not doing what God has called you to do. Plain and simple, and that should burden your heart so heavily that you would have to change. Something so simp- simple as that is that God is not happy with that. And you're going to understand in a second that that will lead you completely opposite of knowing your purpose. You want to know your purpose? You ain't going to find it to copy other people. What does it say? Is it, this is it and I'm done. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you by letting him change the way you think. And what did we just talk about? How what on the outside was not matching up with what, with what was on the inside. You see, here it's the opposite way around. He's trying to tell you what's on the inside this is a picture of metamorphosis that you see a caterpillar go into its cocoon and come out a beautiful butterfly. That's the picture here. That's the picture of transformation that you see in a Christian life. And I promise you, this is not judgmental. When someone says that they are a Christian and they obviously have not changed, that is not a Christian. You have to judge rightly. And the Bible says to judge those who are inside the church. Read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, read it. I guarantee it's in there. Come talk to me if it's not. Because I'm pretty sure it's in there. We're supposed to judge those who call themselves Christians. And when they are not a Christian and they think that they are, it is our responsibility to say, "Mm, I'm sorry, I love you. I know that your intentions are good, but you're not a Christian. That's not what that is. Let God transform you by the way you think. It It starts on the inside. 
from the inside out. You have to let your thoughts change. You cannot become a Christian based off a of behavioral modification. You can't modify a behavior and all of a sudden become a Christian. I don't know if you know my story, but I stopped doing a whole lot of stuff before I became a real Christian. I stopped cussing. I'm not going to go into any, a lot of the details that what I used to do, but let me just tell you something. I was, it was all in here. All that sin was all up in here, but I stopped doing it. I stopped sinning, right? I mean, me and God were right. We're good. We're good now. No, there was still something empty. You cannot become a Christian by modifying your behavior. It has to be by him changing the way you think. How does he do that? The only way, the only way is by letting the Holy Spirit change your thoughts by using God's word. That is the only way. The only way. So, well, Keith, you read the Bible because you have to preach. No. No. You know when I started reading the Bible? Before I became a Christian. You know when I started reading the Bible more? Right when I became a Christian because I had so many questions. And you know what makes you want to read the Bible even more? Because this is my calling. Are you doing your calling? You see, you're not going to be fully focused on God's Word if you're not looking for your purpose. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? This is what I'm supposed to be doing, so that's why I read God's Word. Well, you're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z, so that's why you read God's Word, because you want to know. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24 says, God directs the steps of the godly. And that He cares about every detail of your life. And though you stumble, you will not fall because He holds you by the hand. He directs the steps of the godly. The, the one who keeps his way pure by com committing himself to his word. Psalm 119. When you commit yourself to the word and you're fulfilling your purpose, that's how you fulfill your purpose, is when you're looking into his word. And it's no, it's no longer a chore. It's no longer a chore. Because listen to this, listen to this, okay? You ready? Last verse. This, this will blow your mind. I'm serious. It says, then, what are we just talking about? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. And when you commit yourself to him by letting him transform the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Then you will know, learn to know God's will. There is no purpose for you outside of God. You know what question will get people 99% of the time will just stop them dead in their tracks? If you say, hey, what is your purpose in life? They ain't got a clue. It's like, wow, that is a loaded question if I've ever heard one. Like, what do you mean? I'm a dad, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a husband. Like, what? I mean, I work. What do you want me to say? What's my purpose? There is no purpose to your life outside of God creating you for the purpose. The creature finds his purpose in his creator. When you let God transform the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. You want to know where you're going to college? You want to know that real bad? I want to know real bad. I was trying to play basketball in college. I thought my college was going to be paid for like, I thought, I thought, man, I'm going to be traveling 18 hours away. I'm going to be playing basketball for a living, bro. Like, I'm going to be good. Like, and then, you know, I was trying to go D1. 
I was trying to, I, I was trying, I had my life planned out, man. Like, I, I, this is what I dreamed of. I told my dad I was going to play college basketball. He said I couldn't do it. So this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it. I'm finally here. And you know what? I read this book, and it changed my path. And you know what? It's good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. You find your purpose. The creature finds his purpose in his creator. So if you want to know what your life holds, you seek him one step at a time. One day at a time. Just like we talked about at D-Now. Y'all listen to me. Y'all remember this. When his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what kind of lamp they had? They had a candle. They didn't have a torch, you know, like, or one of those spotlights that goes, like the whole place is like lit up in the woods. Like, no, it's a little candle. And you know what? You couldn't see 30 feet ahead of you, right? Remember that? Remember that little devotion y'all had, little small groups y'all had? You couldn't see 30 feet in front of you, right? You just had a candle. To see your next step, you had to take a step. To see your next step, you had to take another step. It's one step at a time. And you know what your purpose is? Your purpose is fulfilled day by day. It's not a single moment where all of a sudden your purpose is fulfilled. And it's actually not a single thing that you're supposed to be doing. It is all of your life fulfills one purpose, and that's to glorify God. But if you want to know that, that which is good and pleasing and perfect, your purpose to your life, you seek after him. That's the only way. That's the only way. So, I know that the tents aren't set up, but we are having small groups, um, about 15, 20 minutes, whatever, however long it takes, really. Uh, but we're going to set the tents up, guys, if you want to help me in, after the song. But tonight, just be open about your struggles with that question of, what is my purpose? And me and the guys during D-Now, we had a, a long small group meeting where we just confessed stuff to one another. We just said, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Plain and simple. Like, y'all promise not to tell nobody? Like, I had to ask that before I said what I did. Like, it's like, I was like, hey guys, look, nothing leaves this room, right? Like, I can tell y'all what I did, you know? And they're all like, yeah, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, they just want to know. You know, they want to know what the youth pastor did. But tonight, in your small group, just admit things. Admit how you're copying the behaviors of this world. Admit how you don't let God change your thoughts. Or, or just confess, hey, I want God to change this, this part of my life. Or just confess, when I let God change this thought process in my life, this is what happened. Or I can feel God casting a vision in my life. This is what I want to do because I'm following his will. I don't see it really clearly right now, but I, I have a feeling that this is the direction I'm supposed to go. That's good. That's really good. Talk about it all. Talk about it all because we're, this is unity. This is what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be helping each other out, bearing each other's burdens. This is what it's all about. So I'm going to pray. And guys, adults, seriously, if you are struggling with your purpose right now, here it is right here. This is where you can bring your whole self. This is all of you right here, just coming down here. This is you being vulnerable, coming down here. Kids, this is you being vulnerable, coming down here, just bit, putting it out in the open. I am struggling with this question. 
There's obviously nothing special about these steps, but it's, hey, I'm coming out to just admit I need help with this question. And I don't think y'all understand. Like, it's, there is something about asking questions that deep and just having somebody there with you. So, if that is you, please, I'm pleading, just as Paul did, I'm pleading with you. And it's where it's at, right here. It's, it's step number one. We're going for it, okay? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you. Lord, it's just, God, uh, apart from you, there, there are no answers to these deep questions like purpose and, and what am I supposed to be doing here? And God, what is evil in the world? What is good? What is this? What, God, seems those simple, simple words have such deep meaning to them. And God, we can only come to the conclusion that you were the originator of it. Good originated from you. And the definition of evil, you know what that is. And you had it in the garden. God, your purpose to life, you are the giver of that. And it comes, it doesn't come apart from you, Lord. God, I pray that we would just trust you tonight. God, my prayer is that we would just go to you with our deepest questions. And God, my prayer is that, that when we go to you, Lord, we would just have peace and, and And God, we would accept the answer that you've given us, that if we would let you change the way we think, we would learn your will for our life, and that is to glorify you ultimately. But God, you will give us each step along the way through your word, which is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. God, help us to accept that truth and that promise tonight. Help us to step out, Lord. Help us to have courage and to say, you know what, tonight. Tonight is going to be the time that I face this question. I've been scared to answer this or to face this question, but God, tonight, I'm not going to minimize it anymore, and I'm going to step out, and God, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to expect you to answer, because God, I was scared to do it before, because I was scared you weren't going to be able to answer a question so deep, but God, now I know, now I know I can put my trust in you, I can put my faith in you, and I can do that because of the way you died on the cross. God, you lived the life I couldn't live, and you said that if we put our faith in you, that we would accept that perfection that you lived, and that, and that you died for our sin, that we could put our sin on the cross that you hung on, and now that you rose again, you came back to life, we too can live. That's life, is that we can live through you. You live through us. And God, when we put our faith in you, we understand that you are trustworthy. You are worthy of all of our trust. Lord, I pray that tonight someone would step out and just say, God, I'm, I'm willing to face the question tonight. I'm willing to face it now because I'm tired of just living in fear of, of not knowing that this, this question can be answered. So, Lord, I pray that you would put the courage in that person's heart right now, Lord. And I, God, I just pray we just trust you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name.